Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with a struggle. I'm Sean Lee. I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset. What's up, Sean? How's it going? Things are going okay. There were some some struggles this week, this past week, but you know, it's Monday, it's a new week. It's a new day. Actually, it doesn't matter if it's a new week, it's a new day. And here we are. How have you been? I've been okay, but I've been stuck in a rut this past week. It's been a little bit more difficult than normal. I think over the past month, because of what we're doing with this podcast, super exciting. I've been able to continuously write, and that's been really good. But for some reason, this past week, it just, and leading to today, I I feel really low, pretty down on myself. Mm. I'm not exactly sure why. Well, I I have some idea. I think it's just a mix of, you know, last week I switched websites to a new website, jswpark.com. And I tried using Elementor, the tool that you suggested, which seems awesome, but I could not get it to work on WordPress. I couldn't get themes uploaded. I couldn't even create a simple page. And eventually, after maybe three hours of trying to figure this out, I just switched back to a normal WordPress theme. And this week, I'll, I'll work rework on trying to get Elementor to work. But that and I think I missed a lot of my personal goals that I had set for myself each day. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Did you feel this way all week? Did it start yesterday, this morning? Have you been feeling this way, I guess, all week, all day, every day? I'm not exactly sure when it started. I actually think this feeling is, for me, it's normal. It's kind of always in the backseat when I'm driving. Yeah. I think in the last month, because of everything that we've been doing, it hasn't been as loud. But in the past week, it started to be a little louder. And I would say this morning, especially, yeah, I just woke up feeling pretty shitty. I just can't get over this negative feeling that I have. I'm not, I'm not sure why I feel like I'm stuck in a rut. I wondered if it was partially because I don't have a clear trajectory for life. I'm not really sure what my goals really are. And so we talked a few weeks ago about how you use the vision traction organizer to quarterly plan, right? And you probably do this for work, especially. And you mentioned that you actually do it for your personal life too. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because we don't necessarily think of our personal lives like that. I think we always have goals or KPIs or something to measure for work, but we don't think about it just for our personal selves. And so it's been helpful for me to try to think about what's my vision for myself? What do I see myself becoming in a year, two years, three years, five years. And those are questions that, you know, especially when you hear them like at an interview, what's your five-year plan? You know, what's your three-year plan? And I hear that and I, I really hate that. But I think a big part of the reason why I hate it is because I've been stuck on kind of the same level, like almost like plateaued over life for so long that it feels really difficult to see off that plane. The only thing you really believe about yourself is that you are stuck here. And it's hard to imagine a different version of yourself from five years. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of things I'd say to to what you just shared. And I'll work them backwards. Maybe you don't peg yourself to where you are now. 
to say like, oh, like, let me imagine myself where I am in five years based on where I am now. Because I think there would be so many iterations to get to that place that it's just unimaginable. So just think anything, like anything's possible in five years. Hell, anything's possible in a year. When I look back at this past year, I would have never imagined that I would be where I am today. A year ago, I feel like I was in a very similar place as you. At that time, I just finished the MBA. I just passed up a job offer. And I had no idea what I was going to do next. And I had a baby. The pandemic had just started. Maybe this is something that I did that help. I give myself a 12-month runway to just experiment with this business, with Alumni FM. And I give myself a six-month runway to experiment with Clever. And so just setting that deadline, I think, A, it pushed me forward, but also gave me some grace and say like, hey, I'm giving myself permission to explore for X amount of time. And I know you've done that in the past, right? With your trip overseas and then your coding boot camp and things like that. But have you given yourself that kind of grace lately to say, you know what, for these next three months, I'm going to explore these two things to the fullest. That in of itself is goal setting, right? It's like, I'm going to explore this for the next 90 days. And that's totally okay. That's that thought. Just going to leave it there. The other thing was when I have very negative days and feelings, the trick that works for me every time, even though I just like when I'm in that shitty mood, I'm just like, no, (laughs) I don't want to do anything. I just want to be in the shitty mood. Well, the one thing that always works for me is just to write about it. Literally, I just write about my negative feelings. It's like, why do I feel so shitty? And I used to be embarrassed to write this. I'm like, what if somebody sees this? What if somebody finds this, right? (laughs) And all I wrote was like, I'm pissed off because so-and-so is annoying me because I'm being a big baby about it, right? Or I just don't want to deal with this right now. And after I write it down, it just, within 30 minutes, it all just kind of disappears for some odd reason. And I know there's, there's research on this, but have you ever tried doing that? Just writing down your negative feelings? Like, I feel depressed. Yeah, so I've tried that exercise before. I do this thing in the morning where I free write. Yeah. And Ooh. I just write about whatever comes up in my mind. Yeah. But the reason why I kind of shy away from writing about negative feelings is because I've found that I then only write about negative feelings. And it somehow sometimes pulls me into something deeper. I do think, though, that writing has helped a lot because it pulls it out of your head. I think a lot of people just have their thoughts running inside their heads and it's not clear. But as you're writing it out, it's very therapeutic in a way that you're talking to your journal. (laughs) That might sound really weird, but that's what it is. And I think it's helpful. But for me at that time, when I was doing this exercise, I was in such a dark place. It just became worse. But what has helped me recently, actually, is to understand that these feelings that you have, they are just currents in life. They will Mm -hmm. pass by you. And I'm beginning to understand the phrase, let it go. Mm -hmm. People used to tell me that all the time. And I fucking hated it. I hated being told, like, hey, just let go. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I have no idea how to let let feelings go. Where do I put it? (laughs) Yeah. The funny thing is that if you don't really understand that concept, the more you try to let it go, you're actually either pushing it away or maybe even like pulling it towards you. And either way, you're exerting an energy on it, which Mm. makes it the opposite of letting it go. 
So yeah, the way that I've, I've been beginning to think about it now is that these emotions, they are currents and you can either let the current go by you, you can let it take you or you can swim out of it. So right now for me, I've been trying to just go about my day, do my normal routine mm -hmm. and get past this. But still, while it's happening, it just feels still really shitty. And I think that's why like when you're building a routine, when you're building a system, like for me, I built systems around not being depressed. I built systems around be happy or make more money or get a job title or whatever. These things that you're supposed to, that the world is telling you to go and do, be a consumer, buy more things, be happy. But the more that I think about it, I think the reason why I've been really stuck in this kind of stage in my life for such a long time is because the routines that I've developed were based on, at its core, it was based on the wrong vision. Like I shouldn't be thinking, oh, I want to do things to be happier. I want to do things to not be depressed. It actually should be built off of a mindset of growth. And that's why people say like, you need to have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Have you read that book, by the way? No, I haven't. It's on my list. It's piled somewhere in a box somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> have you read it? Is it? Oh, yeah. I've read it twice. It's one of my favorite books. And I hate saying it's one of my favorite books. I have a lot of favorite books, but it's definitely in the top five of books. It's very simple, too. It's called Mindset, the book. Carol Dweck. But I actually wanted to reach out to her for years. She's at Stanford. That's so true, what you just said about growth. But let me just read this entry. I literally just typed the word depressed in my personal journal. And I've never shared this with anyone before. But hell, this was a space to do it. <laughs> August 29th. 2021. It's like two months ago. It's recent. Okay. Yeah. Today, I feel extremely depressed, uninspired, thoroughly unhappy with my life. Spent the evening sharing with Mink how depressed and despondent I've been feeling lately. Not just that, but losing my will to live. Caused by a combination of feeling trapped in the world, not having anything to look forward to, and also feeling trapped in my own house. Now that you know, I'm hyper aware of feeling judged for no reason. It's just all internal. And then I ended with today, I'm definitely feeling new low. And I think back two months ago, I'm super happy today. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> like, holy shit. I remember that moment. It's fading away very quickly in my memory that that happened. But I remember that day very clearly. And Mink was very supportive, obviously. She immediately went out and reached out to our family therapist. It was like, hey, Let's just book a time. Let's have Sean talk and, and whatnot. So by the time I talked to the therapist, funny enough, I feel like everything had sorted things out. And my co-founder helped me out a lot. Servi helped me out a lot. Mink helped me out a lot. But just having people to listen to you, right? So it's one thing, mm -hmm. I guess, in terms of the advice I was trying to give earlier. I don't know if you're in this mindset for advice. So, so take it or leave it. But was that it was one thing for me to write it down. You're absolutely right. It didn't help me get rid of that feeling that day or that week. But I think just having people to talk to, to share that with, as we're doing now, ultimately helped me get out of it. Because then I was able to work it through. And how I worked it through, I realized for me personally, was that, and this goes back to the whole growth mindset, you know, the growth goal thing, was that, I, like I said, I had nothing to look forward to, right? But how do I build things to look forward to? I just started reaching out to people and doing active things. 
I wasn't doing these active things to be happier. I was just doing these active things. I just want to do something different mm-hmm. and with somebody. So climbing, right? Going to the climbing gym, starting to go to the gym just to work out at the gym with the mask on, going out to eat with friends, outdoor, being able to just interact with people. I think that personally helped me a lot. And then just sharing my struggles with people, anybody <laughs> who is willing to listen to me. <laughs> Which actually, I just told people, I was like, man, I'm really down. Like, I was really struggling with this and that. And I think just being unabashed about it, kind of like how we are now, being very open. And I found that, like, very fortunately, I do have a very open and supportive network, right? People I didn't think would be supportive were very supportive. And I think that ultimately dug me out of it. And now that's actually why I think we started this podcast. When did we start this? A month and a half ago. I mean, this was shortly after I wrote The Century when we started recording. Yeah. So I think our first conversation over the phone was towards the end of September, but we had met at Hezong's a couple weeks before that, like middle of September, maybe. Yeah. September 6th. So literally eight days after I wrote that entry was when we met and we had our conversation around your writing outside yeah. the well about depression, about all these things, and then starting this podcast. It all connected together. Maybe if you weren't feeling like that, you wouldn't have had a conversation that actually led to this. Yeah. I'm glad we have the space to talk. And if anybody's listening and they want to share their struggles, they're welcome to come on as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the hard things about depression is that a lot of times you don't talk about it. Yeah. It's something that you either hold in or just ignore. Yeah. And doing that just makes it worse. Yeah. I don't know if I brought it up last week, but I wrote about how I related depression to rib currents. That mindset has been really helpful. But for some reason, even though you know all this, it still feels shitty. And I think experiencing it, even while writing it, writing about it and understanding it, and accepting that, okay, this is how I feel. But in the moment, it still feels very real. And it feels that you won't ever get out of it. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's the mindset also that you kind of have to change about this is that it's going to happen again. And you just have to remember that it will pass just like every other time that has. So what's interesting is I read something about that a month ago. I don't know where I read the study. I'll have to really dig into it and find it again. But What it said was that human beings, like psychology study, was that human beings are incapable of holding on to negative emotions for more than 45 minutes or something. They're incapable. Yeah, like after 45 minutes to an hour, like you will move on from that negative emotion. It doesn't mean you can't re-feel it again, like an hour later. It'd be like, hey, like I want to feel shitty again. Like I'm stuck again. But we have the capacity to just move on. I need to find the study again. (laughs) Maybe I'm not citing it correctly, but it was something in that vein and it really stuck with me. I believe that. I think it actually fits with the curse to be disliked and his idea about how it's like our decision to actually feel like this. Yeah, the courage to be disliked does say that a lot. One thing I actually wanted to do on this call, since you have brought it up, was to do the VTO, the Vision Traction Organizer together. (laughs) All right, let's do it. I did it for my personal life last March. And then I subsequently did it for all my businesses. And I I don't like planning. You ask Mink, she'll tell you that. I don't like planning. (laughs) I I am like the freewheeling, 
off the cuff kind of guy. I love spontaneity. I hate surprises, but I love spontaneity. I know that's really weird. Like, don't ever surprise me with a gift. Fucking hate that. I think this came from my family. Christmas rolls around, just like, what do you want, Sean? This is what I want. All right, let's go get it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it was never like Christmas morning, wake up and hear some presents under the tree and I wonder what it is. <laughs> it never happened. But isn't receiving a gift, a surprise gift, isn't that spontaneous? No, not to me. Like spontaneity <laughs> has to be of my own choice and accord. <laughs> but back to the planning thing, I still don't like planning, but I'm surrounded by people who plan like Mink, my co-founder, right? So it's actually really good that they push me on this quote-unquote weakness of mine. And so let's give it a shot. For anybody listening, it's from this book called Traction, The Entrepreneurial Operating System. And this was recommended to me by one of my very good friends and mentors, David Hensel, who's a very, very successful entrepreneur, sold his tech company for tens of millions of dollars. And he recommended this book to me. Let's see, VTO PDF. That's usually what I type in, V slash PO PDF, and you'll get a PDF of it because normally you have to buy the book, but they actually have this online. So I actually did start this plan. So it helped me in two ways. It helped me, one, to plan better day by day, mm -hmm. and also at the same time to think three years in advance to create this kind of vision for myself. And I think you have to do it at the same time because if you start on either end, it seems overwhelming somehow on both mm -hmm. sides. So starting with a quarter, like dab in the middle, and then expanding out to years, and then expanding into like by month and then by week, and then even breaking down further by day. And so this is actually how I spend my day, but yeah. Let's just go through their methodology because there's some, there's some secret to this madness. So how the VTO is organized, it starts with the vision. Organization name, as I had put down last year, was my name. So it's you, James S.W. Park. What are your core values? That's the first question. It gives a question prompt of five slots. And if you need help with core values, anybody listening, this is how I start. I literally just Google core values. <laughs> <laughs> core values list. Okay, because that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> There's like a million core values, right? But it's like, what really resonates with you? So what I do here is let's just jot down, like go through the list and then just write down 10 of them. So I'm going to open up a note and you just read them off. I'll type it up. What resonates with you in terms of the core value? These don't have to be your final five. Let's just get a laundry list and then we'll nail it down. Okay, let's go with adventure, compassion, determination, influence, kindness, learning, Loyalty, recognition, respect, trustworthiness. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm at the end of this list. And I'm looking at jamesclear.com slash core values. Perfect. All right, the beauty of what you selected, I think a bunch of these go together. So it's easy to nail it down. You have 10. And we got to get it down to five to seven. That's the magic number that I've read before. So kindness and compassion... Very similar. Yeah, those seem the same. Recognition and respect, very similar. Trustworthiness and loyalty. And loyalty. Similar. Yeah. Influence, I think that goes with recognition. Adventure and learning, those two go together. It's like, boom, we're down to five. Nice. Now, sometimes like the words, this thing I hate about language, sometimes the words aren't as precise, right? Adventure and learning. Between those two things, what is it about adventure and learning? 
Is it about the novelty aspect of it? Is it about the excitement? For adventure, I'm thinking it's more the excitement of it. Okay. When I think of adventure, I think of backpacking or caving, jumping off waterfalls, Mm -hmm. going canyoneering, skydiving. Like those, they speak to me in a way that I think I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I love jumping off things and learning. I think the reason why I picked learning is because maybe it's not a core value now, but it's something that I really think is what I need to become. Because I, mm. I think that's what's been driving me the most over the last couple months. And that's what's helped me the most to get out of this strange funk that I've been in for so long. It's the idea of being able to do new things. Before, I was annoyed when I had to learn something new. It was frustrating because I was like, oh, why don't I know this already? And I felt stupid. But now, to go back to that website thing, it's been frustrating because I don't know how to build a website on WordPress when it's supposed to be so easy. Mm. But what's keeping me going is that my end goal isn't to like, yes, like I would love a beautiful website, blah, blah, blah. But so far, what's been fun has been being able to learn this kind of new skill. And I think that's what's been empowering me a lot over the last couple months. Mm-hmm. You know, there was something I wanted to say about that before I forget. You know, when you're stuck on something, how comfortable do you feel about reaching out for help? Because that's the one thing that kept me back a lot was like, I don't reach out for help. And sometimes it's not like really deep help. It's just like literally like a little hurdle that someone needs to help me get over. Yeah, I don't do that. I'm not sure why I don't ask for help that often. Maybe a big part of it is that for a long time, I was embarrassed that I was like this. And sometimes I still am. Sometimes I feel that I shouldn't be depressed. Like, why am I depressed? Why am I struggling? Like, you hear these stories about on podcasts or whatever, you hear about someone who's just has so much in their lives that had gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And maybe this isn't the best thing to do is like, I'm comparing myself to this person in a way, right? But when I think of how there's a lot more that people suffer from mm. and I feel guilty that I feel like shit when I'm actually very, very lucky. I've lived a very privileged life compared to the rest of the world. And so there's like some weird guilt attachment to it. I know that feeling, but then you're denying yourself your lived experience, right? It's like, yeah, my life doesn't matter because somebody else, my struggles don't matter because someone else has worse struggles than me. That's effectively <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> like, wow, when you say it like that, it sounds even more stupid. How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> there is validity in what you just said, but it doesn't help you. It can help you if you actually then accept that. It's like, well, look, actually all the things that I'm complaining about are really inconsequential compared to that person's problem. So, wow, I can let go of these problems now and just move on with my life, right? But instead, you're just like, oh, someone has worse problems than me. You shouldn't worry about these things. I'm just going to bury it and not let it go. I know at the beginning you said you hate the word letting it go. <laughs> because what, what does that mean, right? So what does letting it go mean, actually? Let's talk a little bit about that. Have you since discovered what does it mean to let it go? I equate it back to thinking about currents or thoughts. A lot of our thoughts take our focus. And our mind has a billion thoughts a second. Like It's just thinking all the time. And it's just throwing thoughts at you everywhere. I think that's why a lot of people can't stay focused because every single time something gets their attention, they immediately direct their focus towards it. 
Mm-hmm. I think emotions are very similar is that it is, it is a thought. And actually letting go of a thought, letting go of an emotion, I almost think of it as you are in a river and you're watching these leaves and these sticks and whatever just like going past you. Every once in a while, some, one will bump into you. And if you want to, you can pick it up and let it take your focus. Yeah. Or you can let it go swim right by you. So I'm still trying to figure this out. This has been something that I've been thinking about a lot over the past year, actually. I like that analogy because that's how I think about letting it go is in part, it's this acknowledging you're in control. Like I'm control of this leaf bumping into me and me picking it up. Like I picked it up, right? Mm-hmm. And I can put it back down. And the other thing is just, it's an acceptance. Like things are going to bump into you. Yeah. And I love your kind of moving river analogy because and this kind of observing from a third person because that's actually one of the first meditation techniques i learned through this foundation called the founder is called shri shri ravi shankar and it's called the art of living foundation a friend really good friend of mine brad he was interested in this meditation technique and he was like hey would you sign up and go with me and so we went together and that meditation teacher was like there's three types of meditation. And I'm sharing this because I think it's actually pretty relevant to what we're talking about here. One is the Zen type of meditation. It's a focus meditation, right? You're like trying to focus and block things out and think of nothing. Like you're trying to narrow in. Mm-hmm. It's called a narrowing meditation, right? Now focus on your breath, right? Just focus on what's present. It's really hard to do. It's probably why, in my opinion, 99% of people quit meditation. They're just like, shit, I can't do this, <laughs> right? <laughs> the reality of it is when you actually read about this, at least what I've read, I don't know how accurate this is, but what I read is it takes Zen Buddhist monks 10 years at least to practice this. Wow. So no wonder we can't do it <laughs> in like a week. To be able to clear your mind and focus, it's really hard. The second type of meditation is, it's like imaginative meditation where you put on like headspace, like imagine yourself on a mountain, imagine yourself on a beach, imagine yourself just in a forest. It's basically like imagery-based guided meditation sort of thing. And so that's another type of meditation where you just picture yourself somewhere else. Like visualization. Visualization, there you go. Yeah, visual meditation or guided meditation. The third kind, okay. which is what they were teaching, was expansive meditation. Expansive. Where you are trying to just broaden your scope of thinking and how you overcome distractions as you're trying to sit and meditate. Their technique was to look at every thought in your head that comes up at an arm's length, like you're watching a movie. And the only time to interrupt your thoughts to say like, hey, hold on a second, as you're meditating is if you find yourself chaining things. Like I'm thinking about orange and orange is reminding me of construction workers and oh man, like traffic is really terrible because there's been a lot of construction lately and traffic gives me headache. Like if you notice yourself like having a chain of thoughts, then you just like, Mm -hmm. you catch yourself doing it and you just pause and that's it. But this type of meditation allows you to have thoughts, but you just view everything like I'm viewing a movie of thoughts. And for some odd reason, it's calming. And then after a short time of me sitting there, maybe like 15, 20 minutes, I remember this in the beginning, I run out of thoughts (laughs) 
because I keep catching myself chaining thoughts and I'll interrupt myself from doing it mentally. And then after a while, it just trains me to just center myself. Just kind of sit with yourself. Yeah, and just sit. And then I start just noticing like my breath will just normalize. Basically, I'm not consciously thinking about breathing anymore. My body starts starts going into this natural rhythm of if it feels like it needs to like decompress, my breaths mm-hmm. will be very shallow and my body will like curl up. And then after that, I start breathing deeper again. It's like it just all happens kind of naturally. I just let it happen. And it's just so relaxing. It's so soothing. But tying it back to what you were saying about letting it go, I feel like that's a practice of letting things go in that you're accepting that you're having these thoughts. With the Zen type of meditation where people like try to think of nothing, it pisses me off. Because I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. Why am I thinking of something right now? Like, stop thinking, Sean. Stop thinking. Like, you literally get worked up over it, right? Versus this is like, I accept that I have thoughts, I accept that things happen. But if I want this thing to stop happening, the best thing is to interrupt it from chaining, basically breaking the cycle. Oh, that's what it is. You're breaking the mm, cycle. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm feeling really depressed. Obviously, the, the worst solution is like stopping depressed because yeah. you're just thinking about it. The next best thing is to write about it so you can maybe get it off your chest, right? And just visualize it or verbalize it. And I think the next best thing after that is just interrupt it, interrupt the cycle and say, you know what? I don't want to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym. Just do something else. I'm going to listen to some music that I enjoy. Yeah. Expansive meditation. I like that. Maybe that's what letting go is. Just stop holding on. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Like People tell us to let go because what we don't realize is that we're holding on to something. You're holding on to that feeling. You're following the chain. Yeah. You're following the chain. You're holding on to that ride, that roller coaster ride. And she's like, just let go. Stop riding it. And I think one of the reasons why I keep doing this is because I know it. And because I know it, it's comfortable. What do you mean? As shitty as this feeling may be, because I felt it, it's very personal to me. So in an odd way, it's comfortable. Mm, Yeah. You've been in this cycle for such a long time and your body just repeats what it's been doing. And it doesn't like anything different. And by injecting something new, even if it's a new feeling or a new difficulty, a new challenge, at first, your body's natural reaction is going to be, I don't like this, this change. A lot of this that you just said, it's making me become even more aware that I'm still somehow trying to go back to this place of where I was the most comfortable, even though I hated myself for being in that space. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good. Awareness is the first step, the change, as they say. Yeah. Let's just try to plow through this vision traction organizer so our listeners can get a sense of how this works. Because I think we're on a good track. What's most likely going to happen with this, listeners, and to you, James, is we're going to finish this and you're not going to look at it for another year. (laughs) Statistically, (laughs) that's what's going to happen. And then you're going to look back in like six months or a year and be like, holy shit, everything I wrote down happened. No joke. Like when people do those vision boards and all that bullshit and they tell you like, oh, like... I just found my vision board. I looked at it. I was like, oh my gosh, everything I put there like happened. It's like, it works, right? And you're just like, that's bullshit. No fucking way, <laughs> But I don't know. I keep going back to these things and I'm just like, damn, we actually did all these things and I didn't even bother looking back. I think it's just good confirmation that we, I think inherently inside know what we're after and what we want to accomplish. And this is yeah. just a visual 
affirmation of that. It's almost like you're subconsciously giving yourself a roadmap. Yeah, maybe it's that. You're absolutely right. All right, so we have adventure, we have learning, compassion, kindness. Are you okay combining those two? And yes, which one would you pick? Compassion. Okay. Determination. Can you just talk a little bit more about that? What does that mean to you? I feel that I'm, I can be very determined to complete something. I have the discipline to be able to get after what I want, but it only happens when... It only happens when you know what you want. <laughs> yeah, it only happens when I clearly know what I want. That's not attached to a feeling. Like I know that I don't want to be depressed, but for some reason, I'm not determined or I don't have the discipline to not be depressed. But if it's something regarding work and I have to get it done, then I am determined as fuck to just chase after it and get it done. And I'll have the discipline to be able to like power through work as long as I can. The reason why I, was, I picked that word is because I think I had all the determination and all the discipline for the wrong aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. And this new core value that I see, this new vision of who I see myself becoming is directed way more towards me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm being very selfish right now. That's great. I, I don't know why, but I'm very determined to work on myself. That's what I feel. And that's what makes me get out of bed every single day, even when I don't want to. No, that's great. Being selfish is great. I know selfish has a negative connotation. I think being selfish is great because I think selfishness is what allows for altruism. You want to open doors for people because it makes you feel good, right? Because you get recognized. People thank you. You're like, oh, yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, starting this podcast with you, there's a lot of selfish reasons for me. It's like, I want to have a platform to talk. I want to start a personal podcast for years. And you are helping me as a forcing function to do it. (laughs) to just do it like say fuck it let's just do it but as you can see like because i'm being selfish it is hopefully also beneficial and helpful to somebody else right yeah beyond just even you like to our listeners so i like that and you're absolutely right i think you nailed it your determination has always been there it's just that you've been so steadfast determined to not be depressed versus being determined on something else so that you're distracted from depression because depression is always going to be there like you said so yeah it's like trying to get rid of something that's always going to be there it's like why even focus any time or attention on trying to not be something versus focusing time and attention to be some just be something different or on something else it's kind of like shining your inner room in the dark and you're shining the light on just one thing and you're like i'm not going to think about this but you're shining the light on that thing but it's just turn it a little bit somewhere else and like oh yeah that thing's still there maybe you'll see it again when you're moving around the room but you just have to shift your mindset your focus just a little bit at a time i think the hard part is that we expect to be able to make this huge 180 degree turn and just completely change our lives the next day but that's not going to happen and even if it does you revert back to what you are most comfortable with the next day yeah. Because life is like, in a way, it's like a slow burn. You have to be able to <laughs> burn slowly one every single day. But then eventually, yeah. when you look back, you'll see this like huge accomplishment as long as you had that vision and you let that vision evolve as you moved forward in life. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find it where I placed my core values. I need to redo it myself. But 
I really like this exercise. This is great that we're doing this because core values is, is really the starting point, I think, for, for a lot of things, for everything. So just hearing this from you, I think is really inspiring for me as well. The next one, loyalty and trustworthiness. Which one resonates with you more or do both? Because trustworthiness is like dependability, right? Mm-hmm. And you can be dependable, but not loyal. Like for me, trustworthiness is more important than loyalty for me. I'm leaning more towards trustworthiness. And for some other people, I know loyalty is very important. I like being dependable. I think in a way that that's also kind of loyal too, but I understand why those two words can be a little bit different. Yeah. All right. So that's that. Respect, recognition, and influence. We have six right now. We still have space for one more. So if you want to break out any of those, respect and recognition. Those two are pretty similar to me. What about you? Let's go with respect. I like that word because I want to be able to respect people and also be respected. Mm. I like that it's kind of both ways. I guess you could say that for recognition as well. But recognition for me, I said that first because I want to be recognized. This is another thing that I've been wrestling over in my head is why do we need recognition? And what is like the key driver of that? It feels like everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be seen. And in some way that that's like all about recognition. Mm -hmm. But it's not something I want to drive towards. I want to be fine. Even if I'm not recognized for whatever reason, I know that these other things that I'm going to be doing will be fulfilling enough. I think that's the word, fulfilling, right? And I think fulfilling, the word that came to mind as you're talking was impact. At least for me, it's less all about recognition for the sake of recognition, but more so for the sake of what kind of impact. Yeah, that's why influence kind of fits in there too. Exactly, right? Let's just change all that to impact. All right, so we have, in no particular order, we have seven core values here for James S.W. Park. It's adventure, living a life of adventure, having compassion, being determined, having impacts, student always, as we say at Haas at Berkeley, <laughs> learning, <laughs> trustworthiness, dependability, and then respect. And that goes both ways, right? Being respected and giving respect. That's beautiful. Those are your seven core values for now. Awesome. And I Thanks. think core values will shift and change, but that's kind of how you're prioritizing things right now, which is awesome. We have this whole exercise to go through for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. So next up, the cliffhanger for any listeners. The next step to the VTO is the core focus, which is around purpose, cause, and passion. And what your niche is, what James's niche is, what is he really good at? So we'll cover that in the next episode. Oh man, this is all like so personal. <laughs> <laughs> we could do mine as well. I'm not an expert in this. You can actually get trained to coach this with the, uh, the Trash and EOS organization. This is actually somebody's job to like help organizations figure this stuff out. But I've been able to use this for my personal self and I, I think it's great. Cool. Thanks, Sean. This is the first time I've ever come up with core values for myself. It feels good. Yeah, it's a good starting point. All right, until next week, we are signing off. See you later. 